Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Damn Sandra Mason to become Barbados's first president. Puerto Rico Senate put off vote on bond bill. Panama, Costa Rica, Dominican Republic acts for help from U.S. on migration. U.S. Virgin Islander Dr. Nunez Smith elected to U.S. National Academy of Medicine. And North America, Central America, and Caribbean Athletic Association sees opportunity for home in the Bahamas. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, October 21st. We start a report today in Barbados. The Antigua Newsroom reports that members of the Barbados House Assembly and Senate have overwhelmingly elected Dam Sandra Mason to become Barbados's first president on November 30, 2021. Dam Sandra, who is currently Governor General, will move from representing Queen Elizabeth II to replacing her as Barbados's head of state. The House voted 27-0, while the Senate voted 18-0. There was one unreturned ballot in the Senate as Caswell Franklin voiced objections to the process and walked out of the historic meeting at the Lloyd Erskine Sandiford Center. Prime Minister Mia Motley and opposition leader Bishop Joseph Adderley had jointly nominated Dam Sandra to be president. The bond buyer reports that a bill to support the bond restructuring in the proposed Puerto Rico plan of adjustment faltered in the Puerto Rico Senate. While the Puerto Rico House of Representatives approved the bill, authored by House President Rafael Hernandez Montanez, Senate President Jose Luis Dalmois, who supports the bill, decided to delay the vote because he believed it would not pass. While not necessarily opposed to the bill, some senators wanted more time to read it, especially the portion regarding pension protection, according to El Nuevo Dia news website. Dalmois said, the vote would be taken today, Thursday. The bill will likely pass, said one bondholder who wished to remain anonymous. New Progressive Party Senate Minority Leader Thomas Rivera Chats led the Senate opposition for self-interested reason, the bondholder said. Rivera Chats is trying to line himself up as a gubernatorial candidate against Governor Pedro Perlusi, who is also a member of the new Progressive Party. Some senators are opposing the bill for political reasons, agreed Oversight Board member Justin Peterson. I can't overstate how misguided this is. If we don't pass this bill, the next time will be much more expensive for Puerto Rico. If the bill does not pass, the bondholders who signed on to the plan support agreement that underpins the bond portion of the plan of adjustment will withdraw from the plan support agreement, the bondholder said. Without the bond plan support agreement, the plan of adjustment collapses. At that point, the bondholders will return to the court, the bondholder said. Given the high priority of Puerto Rico's constitution gives the guaranteed debt and health of Puerto Rico's economy, they are likely to get much better terms from the court, the bondholder continued. In effect, any legislator who vote against a bill would be shooting themselves in the foot. 
This is a bipartisan agreement to end bankruptcy and protect pensions, Pearson said. It's decision time. The St. Kitts Nevis Observer, through Reuters, report that the presidents of Panama, Costa Rica, and the Dominican Republic on Wednesday asked for U.S. assistance in stemming the flow of thousands of migrants crossing the dangerous jungles that divide Panama and Colombia as they make their way to the United States. Panama's President Laurentino Cortizo hosted the meeting with Costa Rica's Carlos Alvaro Quesera and Dominican Republic's Luis Abinader in Panama City on Wednesday, where they discussed the migrant crisis. Cortizo said that so far this year, a record number of more than 100,000 undocumented migrants have trekked north from Colombia through the Darien Gap a lawless jungle teeming with everything from deadly snakes to anti-government guerrillas. The United Nations Children's Agency, UNICEF, said earlier this month that some 19,000 migrant children have crossed the Darien Gap so far in 2021, almost three times higher than the total for the previous five years. Cortizo said the situation demands concrete solutions and that Washington should play an active role in assisting. The Latin American leaders agree that our foreign ministers urgently articulate with the U.S. authorities and other countries to look for concrete measures, he added. The presidents discussed the possibility of establishing a strategy of investments in job creation in Haiti, home to many of the migrants. Cortizo said he is seeking a meeting with U.S. President Joe Biden during the United Nations Climate Conference in Glasgow, Scotland. The Virgin Islands source reports that Dr. Marcella Nunez-Smith of St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands, has added another achievement to her long list of accomplishments with her election to the U.S. National Academy of Medicine, the Yale School of Medicine announced. Nunez-Smith, Associate Dean for Health Equity Research, CNH, long professor of medicine and epidemiology, and professor of internal medicine, public health, and management at Yale, is among 100 new NAM members who were selected for their important contributions to health, medicine, and science, said Dr. Nancy Brown, John and David W. Wallace, Dean of Medicine and CNH Long Professor of Internal Medicine at Yale. The National Academy of Medicine is one of three academies that make up the National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine in the United States. The new post adds to the long list of accomplishments by Nunes-Smith, who since January has served as chair of U.S. President Joe Biden's COVID-19 Health Equity Task Force and senior advisor to the White House COVID-19 response team. In 2011, she established the Eastern Caribbean Health Outcomes Research Network, a research collaborative spanning four Eastern Caribbean islands that supports chronic disease research projects and works to enhance healthy outcomes, research, and leadership capacities in the region. 
St. Martin's Island Time reports that St. Martin's Minister of Public Health, Social Development and Labor, Omar Otley, announced during a press briefing that as of November 1, 2021, fully vaccinated persons will no longer require a COVID-19 test to enter St. Martin. This will be only applicable for travelers that are fully vaccinated with the approved vaccines of the Dutch National Institute for Public Health and the the Environment and the World Health Organization. The minister went on to state that this is something that the ministry has been monitoring for some time and with proven research has decided to proceed in this direction. Research has shown that the viral load of the fully vaccinated person who is infected with COVID-19 lowers much faster than the person that is unvaccinated. On St. Martin, there is a record of 1.6 debt rate in which 0.04% were fully vaccinated. A similar percentage is reported for the number of fully vaccinated hospitalization. This shows that the vaccine is highly effective and we can move towards allowing fully vaccinated persons to enter without requiring the test, Otley said. The Bahama Trimu reports that the Embassy of the People's Republic of China donated 15 greenhouses to the Bahamas Ministry of Agriculture recently. The greenhouses, which vary in sizes, will be distributed in Grand Bahama and throughout the family of islands. Bahamas Agriculture, Marine Resources and Family Island Affairs Minister Clay Sweeting, Parliamentary Secretary Leonardo Lightburn and... Permanent Secretary Joel Lewis received the items. Mr. Sweeting expressed gratitude on behalf of the government. I would like to sincerely thank you for these greenhouses, which speaks to our blueprint for change, he said. Agriculture plays a significant role in finding ways to feed ourselves. Big things start small and real change starts with ideas. These greenhouses will definitely play an instrumental role in finding new ways of farming techniques and ideas to feed ourselves. China ambassador to the Bahamas, Dai Quing Li, said the embassy is looking forward to continuing to work with the government and further the country's mutually beneficial corporation. Agriculture has a big potential to be commercially viable, as is shown with our experience in working with your Caribbean neighbors. Donation of the greenhouses is only a small beginning to what we hope to be a growing agricultural partnership between our countries. The ambassador said the two countries have long been in discussion to further development of the agriculture industry. It is time now to put our ideas into practice by working together on the ground and in the fields. I look forward to discussions with the minister to understand his priorities and to see how we can best work with him, Ambassador Quing Lee said. The Bahama Tribune reports that Bahamas Minister of Youth Sports and Culture, Maria Boleg, welcomed the idea of having the North American, Central America and Caribbean Athletic Association establish their head office in the Bahamas as long as resources are available. The North American, Central America and Caribbean Athletic Association President, Mike Sands, said Secretary General Keith Joseph pushed their case forward as they 
paid a courtesy call on Mr. Boleg at his office on Monday. The Bahamas has a very unique place within the North America, Central America, and Caribbean Athletic Association in as far as the history and legacy of your participation in our sports, Mr. Joseph said. It's one that our entire area is proud of. We consider the Bahamas as equally important as the United States or Canada or Jamaica in the development of sports and in your achievements. Your proximity to the U.S. as a gateway to the Bahamas and your proximity and strategic location relative to the members of the North America, Central America, and Caribbean Athletic Association allows us in practical terms the possibility of establishing a home, a headquarter for the North American, Central American, and Caribbean Association, Joseph said. We've never had a home. The principle has always been that we move wherever the president is located. That has its own limitations. And we believe that with the strong athletic culture that this country has and the fact that you do have the president of the organization here, it might be an important opportunity for us to consider in real terms the establishment finally of a home, regardless of who presides over it in the future. But certainly now seems the most opportune time. Mr. Boleg said the Progressive Liberal Party under Prime Minister Philip Brave Davis is preparing to relaunch the phrase they coined in their last administration under Perry Christie, Sports in Paradise. Mr. Bullock said any information that the association can provide the government and his ministry to help put plans in place that can have a positive impact would be welcome. He added that they would also welcome ideas to rise to the next level and host major international events. We've seen other countries do it. We've had Canada do it, for example, having been the first country in the world to host all of the world championships offered by our international federation, World Athletics, Joseph pointed out. I think the time has come for us in the Caribbean to take seriously the possibilities that sports tourism holds. Most of us are in tourism anyway, but we don't necessarily see the focus of sports as a major income earner in tourism. I think the time has come for that. The Tribune also reports that when the 2021-2022 National Basketball Association for the U.S. season officially tipped off on Wednesday in major cities across the United States, three Bahamian players made their season debuts. DeAndre Ayton and a defending Western Conference champion Phoenix Suns hosted the Denver Nuggets in their regular season opening at Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona. Buddy Heald and the Sacramento Kings began their regular season on the road against the Portland Trailblazers at the Moda Center in Portland, Oregon. Kai Jones and the Charlotte Hornets opened the regular season with a tip-off at home when they hosted the Indiana Pacers at Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Aiton and Heal will face each other four times as the Pacific Division rivals in the Western Conference, while Jones, playing out of the Eastern Conference, will square off against Heald and Aiton twice over the course of the regular season. And finally, 
Boxing Season reports that Guanabo, Puerto Rico, newly crowned World Boxing Association light flyweight champion Jonathan Bomba Gonzalez has officially received his world title after dethroning Elwin Lapolga Soto this past Saturday in Fresno, California, as a part of the Mickey Garcia versus Sandor Martin undercard that aired live on The Zone. Gonzalez had a meet and greet homecoming in Museo de los Deportes de Puerto Rico in an activity organized by the Puerto Rican based World Boxing Organization where many attendees took part, including the mayor of Caguas. William Miranda Torres, director of sports in Caguas, Jonathan Estedes, and former world champions Alex Nine Sanchez and Ivan Ironboy Calderon, who held the same title at some point in their respective careers. All-Star Boxing president Felix Tutico Zabala announced his new world champion before a big applause from the crowd on hand. Bamba also expressed interest in defending his world title on the island in early 2022 when asked what his future plans hold. It would be my dream to defend my title in my hometown of Caguas, Puerto Rico, noted Gonzalez. But right now, we're going to enjoy this victory with my friends and family before thinking of what lies ahead. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, October 21st. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook.